Welcome to today's message from Reach Community Church. We hope this message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word. And now, for today's message. Uh, Good morning. Um, I I promised um, a couple of months ago, if you're new, you didn't hear this, so you're in the mix, but um, this has kind of been the fall of me making you uncomfortable, not intentionally and not awkwardly, but uh, I think if we're going to read the word um, and if you read it uh, consistently and thoroughly, uh, it will make you uncomfortable because it will call things out of you um, that aren't consistent with the word. And it's always pushing us and driving us into being um, who we say we are. And so I think today will be one of those. Uh, if you messed, missed last week, um, I'm sorry, uh, because it's really a, a good stepping off point if we're going to talk about loving others today, which is what our topic is. Um, we got to first know what love is, and experiencing that love from God is hard. And that's what we talked about last week in Ephesians 3. Um, Paul had a prayer to the church. Um, <laughs> no worries, no worries. Um, Paul had a prayer to the church that we as his children would understand the length and the depth and the height and the breadth of God's love for us. Everything that we do for the Lord that isn't motivated out of understanding that love for us that is given to us in spite of our own actions and in spite of our own life, will be, um, if we don't understand that, we will do all the things, even what I'm talking to today, as a duty. Just said the word duty. Um, I try not to use that word ever, because, um, anyway. Um, so we, we, we make it as something that we have to do to make God happy. So if you're not careful, you're here today and go, oh my gosh, if I'm going to be a good Christian, then I've got to do these things in my own strength, in my own power. And the truth is, if you don't understand that your first love, which this text is going to go through that again, then you'll do it incorrectly and you won't be able to do it at all. So understanding God's love is not an easy task. And what would it mean for us to understand and live that truth? Like, I believe that we all, every one of us individually, would be so much better people if we understood the love that God gives us. Because I think a lot of us are so afraid of what God thinks of us that we hide from him. And out of that shame and out of these other things, we're driven to the wrong thing over and over again instead of embracing the love that he gives us for free by our commitment and love. For him, not that we loved him first, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So God is going to ask his children to love or to show that love that he has for us by how we love other people, which it's hard enough to love a perfect God that came and died on the cross for you. It's even more difficult to love people. Amen. amen. Don't, and I have in here, don't amen too loud because the person beside you might be like, okay, then. It's, it's hard to love me. Fights already happened. We ain't even left church yet. But it is impossible for us to love people the way that we should without living that surrendered life to Jesus, experiencing that love that he has for us. And if you've been married or live in the same house with people, kids, friends, for more than 
24 hours, you will understand that it is difficult to love people correctly. And that's where you can say amen, but not too loud. Amen. Okay. Okay. So let's pray. God, I acknowledge Romans 8, 1, which I'm going to say later on, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Lord, we do not present your word to condemn. We present your word to help bring change to us. Lord, your world will know your disciples by how they love. And so, Lord, I pray that we would hear your word today and that we would be driven to experiencing your love so that we can love others correctly. So, Lord, convict our heart. Lord, I pray that you would expose things in us on how we treat people, how we interact with others. Lord, unforgiveness that we're holding in our heart that is causing us to not love our brother. Lord, I pray that you would allow us to faithfully lay that at your feet. Repent of it and let it go and allow you to heal us so that we can love properly. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to be in 1 John um, chapter 4. We're going to do verses 7 through 21. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. It'll be on the screen if you want it. Um, 1 John is most likely written by John the Apostle in his uh, later in life. He's an older apostle. He's writing this letter, these three letters to these churches, most likely around Ephesus, which is uh, fun that we read uh, a section of Ephesus last week or Ephesians last week, um, and it was to the same church. Uh, most of this letter is just a regurgitation of what the Gospel of John already says. It's, it's not most of it's not even new news. It's just a reminder. And I want to tell you that the reason why we read the Bible consistently and over and over again is because you'll never have enough reminders We're a people that forget. We're a people that will hear it one day and amen it one day and tomorrow do the exact opposite thing. We need to be reminded over and over again. And that's really what the letter of 1 John is. It's a reminder. You're going to hear scripture that has been directly quoted out of the Gospels as a reminder. It's not a new thing. And John is writing uh, these letters to persuade the believers to stay true to what they believe, which is also something else that we need to be reminded over and over and over again. It is by grace that we're saved. It is not by the water that we are baptized in that gives us salvation. It is not by the actions that we do that grant us the righteousness that Christ puts on us. It is not what we put in that box in the back. It is not by your service here at the church. It is by His grace and mercy. And so every day, if we can experience that, and I think there's a pattern that I'm going to walk you in, and and I don't think, you know, there's nothing that I'm going to say to you today that will fix how you treat people forever, but it's a reminder that if we are His disciples and we declare that, how we treat people is the proof of that discipleship. So we're going to start in verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love comes from God. And whoever loves has been born of God. It is love. And we talked about this last week. Love was not our idea. And here, here's, here's the problem with our world right now. Is we individually get to decide and define what love is. And we don't. 
Jesus shows us what love is through his life. And we read it last week in 1 Corinthians 13, the um, famous scripture that's read at almost every wedding or Christian wedding. Love is patient, love is kind. That's his love for us. And he's demonstrated it through his life, not just through words. So where do we get the idea from love? And he demonstrated it in his life. He showed us over and over again. God didn't just do that through Jesus. He showed his grace and mercy. You can read the Old Testament. And I know sometimes the Old Testament, you're like, whoo. But here's the thing that's greater than that is God's mercy is shown over and over from beginning to end. Grace and mercy and patience is what is demonstrated and seen all throughout the Bible, not just with Jesus. And it is not something, it says, those who have been born of God. So born again, which is a phrase that we love to use here in the South, means that we are people that have chosen to have life given to us by Christ and live in that. Without being born again, we cannot love like he's called us to. Verse 8, it says, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. This should be painful. I mean, and I'm not going to ask anybody to confess your last week and your behaviors with people that you live with or on social media. And, and the topic today is love your brother. And, and we can say, you know, oh, this is the, you know, the, our family, our church family, believers. But we know by reading the Gospels um, that we're called to love our neighbor. And who is our neighbor? We're even called, not even if you don't even, if you want to go, well, yes, I will love those people that live around me. Uh, Jesus went as far as to say that love your enemy. So it, love for other people is not limited by those that are just in the family of God. And how we treat them, people, will determine us. It says if anyone who does not love does not know God. And let me just tell you, and I'm gonna, it's, we're going to get there in a second, but I just need to make sure love is not full acceptance of every behavior. It is not, because there are lots of things that we all would agree with, every person in the world that would say, this is a behavior that we're not going to accept or love. Like, I don't know many groups of people that are like, serial killers, yes, good decision for your life, you should keep on doing it. No one, universally, everyone is against that. So there is a definition, but I'm just going to say that it is not just we have to Say everything's okay, you're great. And our society right now wants everyone to say, look, we can love people without saying, I agree and approve of what's going on in your life. And I'm just going to tell you, we don't have an option not to still love them. You hear me? We don't have an option to be like, oh, no, because you know what? If you read the Gospels, if you read Jesus' interaction with people, he interacted with people that the religious ones of the day called him a sinner and a glutton and a drunkard because he hung out with sinners. He hung out with prostitutes and uh, tax collectors and the worst of the worst, and he loved them. 
It was his grace and mercy that drew people to repentance. And it will be our love for people that will change them. Verse 9. It says, In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. So we're going to see it demonstrated around us. That God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent his son into the world to be a propitiation for his sin, which is a payment. It is a clearing. So God, Jesus, isn't ignoring sin. He's loving people by forgiving sin. So how... Did he show his love for us? He went to the cross. There was no other way. Like, I, And I say this a lot in here. You know, um, I grew up in and around the church my entire life. And there was pieces of my life that I was like, man, really angry at the people that did this to Jesus. They murdered him. They didn't murder him. God ordained set all of those things in motion. Nothing was going to stop him from going to the cross. When Pontius Pilate was trying to let him loose, he's just like, okay, give me a reason. And I love, I've said this in here, I don't know how many times, but I love Jesus' comment to him. You have no power or authority over me other than what the Father gives you. What if, as God's children, we believe that in our own life? Because No one has power and authority over God's children that God doesn't give them. And I'm a big proponent, which is really good when things are good and really not good when things are bad, of the sovereignty of God. Because in everything that's going on in our life, He has purpose. He has sovereignty over it. And He's doing good even when it doesn't seem like it. Verse 11, it says, Beloved, if God so loved us, he demonstrated what love is. If God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has seen God if we love one another. God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us the spirit. He's going to say this again at the last verse 21, but in John 13, 34, it says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What is your life communicating to the world. Are people interacting with you going, man, there's something different about them because they're not like everybody else. And our, our world is a mean place because as much as we've grown closer together in connection, the connections are more distant in a sense that we're not face-to-face. A lot of us will be real nice to people that we interact with and we'll smile to them and interact with them nicely and then leave and say horrible things about them. Or we'll get on social media and we'll interact. I'm I'm 
Say it again. Okay. Social media, you should get off of it. There's very few people in this room that social media is doing a good thing in your life. It's not... I, I, I go back and forth of putting Twitter on my phone and off my phone, and it's off my phone right now because I don't know about you guys if you watch any news or whatever, but like people are just mean. And it's a political season right now, and everybody's got opinions, um, and everybody's got thoughts about what those opinions are, and everybody loves to make comments, the most horrible, horrible things. So Jesus isn't known through us just in how we interact with people when they see us. We love people thoroughly when we're not around them also by protecting what we say about them. We love people by not interacting on a social media post. Interact. If you feel that strongly about them, invite them to coffee and have a conversation because you will be tempered. (laughs) There's like, I don't know what a keyboard does to us, but we're like, yeah. I feel strong, but you get you sit across the table from someone, you see their humanity and you see their, you know, at least desire for something and you you're different. We our lives communicate who we are by how we love other people. Verse 14. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in his love abides in God and God abides in him. There's a lot of the same thing over and over again. Why do you think he's saying the same thing over and over and over again? Because we need to hear it. Because it's the demonstration. I think I uh, I grew up in the South. Like I'm born and bred North Carolinian. Okay. Bible Belt all the way. <clears throat> I think the demonstration of those that consider themselves Christians the demonstration of the life of those who call themselves Christian and are planning to spend eternity in heaven with the God that they love um, doesn't match this. The majority of people, including us at times, our life is called to reflect the gospel because if it's not changing you, then something's wrong. Verse 17. It says, By this love, by This, his love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Okay, let's just throw this out there. At one day, at one point in your life, it will come to an end, either through your death or through the return of Jesus Christ. And at one point after one of those two events, which are going to happen to all of us, all of us, will be judged for our life. And for those that haven't trusted in the um, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and what that does for the forgiveness of our sins, we'll be held accountable 
and made to pay for our sin. And what he's saying here is that if we know the love of God, we have a confidence, not that you will perfectly follow this. And I'm just telling you, I said this at the beginning, this is the hardest thing that you're going to do. If you went and lived by yourself, that would be the most successful way that you could live this reality. And God on social media, of course. But if you're going to live with other people, this is the work that has to continue. And us understanding God's love for us gives us the hope and ability to walk this out so that we can have confidence. Because our confidence doesn't come from us. Look, confidence in where you're going to end up after judgment isn't based on your actions. It's based on who you've put your faith in. Because we know this for a fact that without Jesus, we don't have the capacity by our actions to fix our issue. And so we have to trust and believe in Jesus' finished work. And I love Romans 8.1. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation, not because you have read your Bible every day and that you have prayed every day and that you have given faithfully and you've served faithfully and you are nice. There's no condemnation because of what he's done. And if you want, you know, more of that, read, I don't know, I say it a lot, read Romans 8. Just spend some time in Romans 8. It was not you. It never is going to be you. In the moment you let go of it, and I don't mean, hear me, because I think sometimes you're like, it's not my actions, it's not whatever. You're still held accountable to your actions. But it's not your actions that get you in the door. It's your trust, belief, and faith in Jesus Christ. And in that, he changes you. These are just first moments. These, these moments of baptism, these, these things in our life are just moments where we're declaring who we are and then we have to live the reality. Because he is so, also are we in this world. Verse 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect fear, or perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected by love. Also, growing up in the Bible Belt, I lived with a lot of fear all the time. Some of us are still living in this reality of every single sin that we still encounter. Oh my gosh, i got to pray right now so that I can be saved again. Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin Thousands of years ago. Guess what all of our sins were thousands of years ago? Future. And he, he's already died for them. So our, our faith remedies that issue. And we aren't afraid. And I, and, and I think the one thing that we can do or I can do for you is for you to embrace who Jesus is to you and know him. Learn to know him. And it's a journey. Learning to hear his voice and learning to obey his voice. Verse 19, it says, We love because he first loved us. That's the key. You cannot leave here and go, I'm going to try harder to love my spouse. Mm, that never works. 
I've tried. I'm like, this is going to be a good week. Got husbands out there, you just decided it's Monday. This is going to be the week. She's going to be grateful that she married me. And when we try real hard to be that guy, it very rarely works for us. Anybody else? Just me? Okay. I, I'll be coming home, uh, and I'll be like, tonight, man, especially when our kids were little, I had all these aspirations of what our time as a family would look like. And I would like, there would be faith brewing over, like, today at the dinner table, like, heaven's going to come down. And you know what? When you get to that dinner table, you're lucky not to kill somebody. And that hope and faith of what's going to happen leaves you because you forget you forget. You think, oh, it's me, and um, I take offense to one of my kids saying something to me, and I feel like in that moment, if I just say the right words, I'll fix them. Instead of trusting this little treasure that God has given to me to love them the best that I have the capacity to do. And let me just tell you, our love for each other is going to be messy and not perfect. And if you're sitting beside somebody that you're thinking, if they will just hear this, our life will be better, they'll never be able to walk into that because your expectation for what that's going to look like will never be met. But if you would step back and go, God, you've loved me enough and that anything extra that I get from those around me is just an added bonus. Verse 20 says, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he does not love his brother. He who does not love his brother whom he sees cannot love God whom he cannot see. And he finishes verse 21 and says, in this commandment we have from him, just quoted it earlier, Whoever loves God must love his brother. Command. This is not a suggestion. So if you're hearing this and going, yep, love Jesus, but not going to love other people. Just reread this over and over again until you realize that your love for others doesn't get you in the door, but it's a demonstration of what has already happened inside of you. So here's a... Here's a pattern that I think if we'll follow and live in, it'll help us navigate this a little better. First one, I want to ask you a question. Because then this will determine how much work that you have to do. Do people see Jesus in you by how you love? Not what you teach or what you say or how you tell them or the verses you throw up on their, you know, post. But do people see your love by your life and your actions? And do they, do they say, man, and they not even know that it's Jesus, but there's something different. Christians should be the most loving, kind people that you interact with. And that's not normally the case. I mean, it's not the people that are in this room because we're all awesome, right? It's all those others that are outside, right? Right? I'm just kidding. It's us too. So if that's not true, what needs to change? And here's a pattern um, that I think we see in what we just read. Three things um, that Jesus did for how we love our brothers and sisters. Uh, one, we build others with our words. Uh, Ephesians 4.29 says, uh, um, Let no unwholesome uh, talk come out of your mouth, but is only what is useful for building others up so that it may benefit those who listen. 
Sarcasm um, is the, the end of a healthy relationship. I'm not saying that we can't laugh and we can't joke. But sarcasm literally means to eat the flesh. It's, it's, it's a way that we can not be loving or nice and use those words. And you'll know the difference because it'll, it'll show up in how your relationship is. If you think, man, our relationship is great and we joke around and the other person um, doesn't agree with that joking. Uh, Jody had to train me. Probably the first, it took like 10 years. Because I want to be funny and I want people to like me. And so we get around people and I'd be like, hey, hey Jody. And then we'd leave um, a time of hanging out with people and um, she would not be talking to me. And I'd be like, oh, what happened? We had a great time. She's like, we didn't. And when you said this, it wasn't nice and I didn't like it. And so for years when we would leave, it probably didn't take 10 years. When we would leave hanging out with people, we, as soon as we walked out the door, and I'm glad that ring cameras didn't exist back then because they'd get this whole conversation on their door when you walked out. Um, I, I would literally, we'd walk out the door, door would close, and I'd go, did I say or do anything that I should? And I had to do this for years so that I would train myself not to do that because words matter. <laughs> And if we're going to love people, it has to start with our words. And if it's going to start with what comes out of our mouth, it has to start with what's in our heart and our heads. So if we're going to take every thought obedient to Christ, then if you have hatred and these vile things going inside of you, you've got to eliminate that first. Because out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth will speak. If it's in here and not coming out of here, eventually it'll come out. All it takes is that one little tipping point, that one little nasty comment. The other person, the one against your thousands, that pushes you over there to begin to say some of those things that you wouldn't. So you have to deal with it internally. And that's partly understanding the love of God for us. Because when we understand what he's done for us, we will go to any lengths to clean this. Because we know that in our hearts is how we live and love God. We can't hide things. So the first thing that I think if we're going to love effectively is we've got to build others with our words. Um, the second one is probably the most difficult one. And it's a word that we say all the time. Please forgive me. Um, you cannot love your brother without walking in forgiveness. Unforgiveness, which lots of us are carrying some of it right now, is ruining relationships that you have right now. And you're like, no, no, no. Yes, and forgiveness, and if you don't know this, forgiveness is not I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry is like the dumbest word ever. doesn't mean anything. It's kind of like I love you after like the millionth time. Love is, a, is an action. It has to be shown. Just the word doesn't really matter. I mean forgiveness is an action or attitude that you have to live in. Because if something has happened to you that you need to forgive, it will never be done in a moment of saying, I forgive you. It'll be lived out by how you do the next day. And forgiveness is something that every day, just like I had to ask Jody, forgiveness would be something that you have to live in over and over and over again. Because something will come up and that little thing, bitterness and anger will rise up in here and it is Unforgiveness. And I heard um, 
one book says, unforgiveness is, is the prison that you lock yourself in. Because most of the time, the other person that you're like, I want to forgive, they don't even know. They're like, why are they still mad? We don't know. Walk in forgiveness. If you're going to love others, you've got to constantly be going, God, where am I walking in unforgiveness? Help me walk that out. And the last one, which I think uh, Jesus demonstrated, is um, if we're going to love our brothers, we have to give our lives to serve them. See, Jesus paid with his blood for our sin. He offered forgiveness and gave forgiveness. Um, he, he built people with his words, but he showed his love for them by giving of their life. And if we're going to love people effectively, we have to learn that this isn't our world. We don't get everything that we want, and we need to learn to lay down our life. If you're married and have kids, your number one responsibility above the church, in my opinion, is your family. Is your wife and kids. And you have to lay down your wants and your desires and your TV time and your playing on your phone and, and your other extracurricular activities. Sometimes saying no to something that you love to do so that you can be there or serve another person is one of the best ways that you can demonstrate your love. But it is going to take a sacrifice on your, your end, saying no to some of the things. And our lives are filled with stuff that won't matter. They're filled with things. My life, I'm 46 years old, my life has been littered with hobbies that are boxes and closets. And then in the moment of that hobby, and some of you know my little weird hobbies that I've had. I mean, bonsai trees was one of them. It was more like a bonsai murderer um, than a grower. But I would, you know, we get excited about something and we'll, we'll pour our life into something that years down the road won't matter for nothing. But your kids and your wife and your family will be there. Well, they may not be there, depending on how you decide to live and love them. But the best way, if you want your kids to know Jesus, really know Jesus, is surrender to Him and let them see that in you. And the beauty is, it's even a stronger testimony if you've lived a certain way, and now God's got a hold of you and you're changing now because of what he's doing for you so i'm going to invite our worship team back up and so what do you do with this for one is acknowledge that this is the truth this isn't you know like this church is telling me to do this thing i'm not telling you to do anything jesus christ our lord and savior has asked us to demonstrate his love for us by how we love other people. And so my hope for you today is that you'll figure out some of these things that you need to get better at and you'll put work into it. If it's important to you, you will invest in it. And let me just tell you how we demonstrate our ability to change our city, Leland, is going to be determined by how you guys live. 
Because I'm one person, and I can say lots of things, and I can live a certain way, but if we don't collectively begin to live like Jesus matters, we won't do anything in this city. At the beginning of the um, 1 Corinthians 13, before the love, it says, you know, if we don't love, if we do all these things, we can do all these amazing things, and we're just a noisy gong. And I think that's what the world is hearing right now. It's hearing a noisy gong, and they're not going to listen to us until we learn to love. And it's not going to happen until we surrender and just say, God, I want, this is what you say that I'm supposed to do, and I want to give my life to this. So I'm going to pray for us. We're going to go into a worship song. Um, We always put a song at the end of our services so that you can have a few minutes to reflect and decide what are you going to do with this. So let's pray. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, um, first and foremost, we cannot do this without you. Lord, some of us in this room, we need to experience your love in a real, tangible way. And then we've got to surrender to that love so that we can learn from that love how to love other people. Lord, there are people that have come to our our minds as this... um, scriptures have been read there's people that uh, maybe have wronged us or we've wronged them there's areas of unforgiveness that have been spotlighted there's areas of um, us not controlling what we say with our mouth that we're convicted of and Lord I pray that you do something with those Lord I don't want us to feel bad and do nothing Lord I pray that you would convict us to move to action Lord, that we would be a people that are known by our love. And so, Lord, help us receive yours so that we can give it. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, be sure to visit us online at reachcommunitychurch.com.